Welcome to Permission to Thrive. I'm your host, Susie Lula. As a spiritual therapist for over 20 years, I have the honor and privilege of ushering women and mothers just like you on a journey from simply surviving to powerfully thriving. I also have the honor of raising our son, Will, who is now a young adult with my longtime partner, Jamie. So I'm right there on the journey with you. Consider this your personal sanctuary, your space to meet your heart, embrace your messy, and come home to your most authentic, extraordinary self. My hope is that you leave resourced and inspired because you are here to shine. Welcome to Permission to Thrive. Welcome, Thrivers. This is an episode with a twist, because in this episode, I'm in conversation with my longtime friend, Julia Pador, but Julia is interviewing me so that you all can get to know me more deeply and hear about my vision for this podcast. In this conversation, Julia and I talk about my definition of thriving and how thriving is possible for every single one of us in the midst of whatever is going on in our lives. We talk about why it's imperative that each one of us gives ourselves permission to live our life on our own terms. And we give you a vulnerable peek into my messy but powerful transformational journey of motherhood with my son, Will. And most importantly, how thriving is possible for every single one of us. So sit back, get a cup of tea, relax, and enjoy. Hi, Suze. Welcome Hi. to the launch of your podcast, Permission to Thrive. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. And I know you've been wanting to do this for such a long time. So congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for this great idea to be interviewing me. I think it's just such a great way for everybody to get to know me and know this podcast. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I was like, we've got to start with you and your story to give context to everything. So let's start with the obvious, which is the word thrive and the name of your podcast for as long as I've known you, which is like over 25 years before you had a son before you were married, right when you're starting your practice, you've been obsessed with the word thrive. So why do you love it so much? What does it mean to you? And what led you to use that as the word for your podcast? Mm. Well, the word thrive means to have an inner sense of well-being in the midst of whatever is going on around you in your external world. And the word well-being means wealth. And mm wealth, well-being, that inner sense of richness and expansion and spaciousness and flourishing and blossoming and radiance and luminosity, all the things, the thought that I could create that in my inner environment, no matter what is going on in my life externally, yes, I am obsessed with that. That's so interesting. As I'm listening to you, you're talking about this word in a way that I'm not used to hearing it in our culture and I'm not used to hearing other people speak about it when you're really anchoring it in this internal experience. But when people talk about thriving, like somebody's thriving in their life, 
they talk about thrive versus survive. Don't just survive, thrive, or they're thriving because they're having all this success and they got a house and they got married. And you're really flipping that cultural paradigm on its head and really offering a paradigm shift to this word by anchoring it on an internal level and not an external level. And I'm almost just like, okay, can we pause the podcast for a moment so I can sit here and just contemplate that that flipping? Because we've been talking about that word for years, but I never really got the level of internality that you you were defining it as. So I'm, what I'm hearing is that thriving is the opposite of striving. Yes, exactly. Because the external world is going to present us whatever the external world will present us with in our lives. So for instance, being a mom, our children need us, they pull on us, we have the laundry and making of the dinner and there's an external world that's there. And what excites me and what I'm so passionate about is the idea that in the midst of whatever might be going on in someone's world, whether you're going through maybe a messy divorce or whatever is going on in your outer world, that you could grow into the awareness that you can flourish. You have dominion over your inner experience, regardless of what's going on in your external world. Because especially in the world of motherhood or with women, a lot of times the external world and circumstances are not going to necessarily change. I'm going to have to make dinner and do the laundry and take my child to whatever activities. Or if a woman is working and they're going to work, the external might not shift. But to know that I can have and create the inner experience of thriving and blossoming and feeling alive and shiny have that dominion over my inner experience to me is liberation and freedom and is the way that I want to move through my life. And I know if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know, I'm having a a kind of personal vulnerable moment here as I'm listening to you, because it's one thing to think about being at peace or being at equanimity, but thrive has a vibrancy and an energy to it that to me and my personality is a lot more appealing than just being at peace or just being in acceptance. And, you know, I'm somebody who spent a year in an ashram, so I've practiced that, but I've always associated with having this very dynamic big life. And I'm going to share something vulnerable here. As you know, I've been dealing with a chronic illness for some time. And while I've maintained my coaching practice as a a life purpose and career coach, which is interesting because ultimately, even though you're tuning in internally to get guidance, it's about externally expressing and living that. I'm noticing that as I'm hearing it. For me, I have been holding that I need to heal the chronic illness so I can thrive again. Not just, can I be at peace with, can I use this as a growth opportunity? Can I use this as a spiritual opportunity? All of which I do and have done with my health, but I've been relating to it like thriving again is on the other side of it. And it's hilarious because I was one of your first clients 20 some odd years ago that that I'm having this moment with you here right now. And I can't wait to finish and grab my journal and go meditate, or maybe you'll guide me through a process. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, how can I 
thrive before my health has changed. So I'm just kind of blown away. And I really think this is very paradigm shifting. So I'd love to hear anything you've just to say about that. Well, first of all, I so appreciate your sharing so vulnerably. And that is the highest hope I have for this podcast is Mm -hmm. that both the individuals, be it you, a client I bring on, another wisdom teacher, and everyone listening will feel that this is a sanctuary. This is a safe space. This is a place where we are going to dive into the deep end and get naked, as I often call it, and be vulnerable with each other. So first and foremost, I'm so grateful that you're willing to be vulnerable so spontaneously. And I know that it will serve anyone listening right now, because I'm sure if you're having this epiphany and wondering, I'm sure there's so many, I'm, I'm imagining a single mom working two jobs, having two kids under the age of six going, yeah, how in the heck can I thrive in the middle of this? It sounds so great. And I think one, one of the things I want to speak to and hearing you share is this is why I'm also so obsessed with spiritual psychology and the soul, because your soul right now in the midst of your quote illness, your soul is not ill right now. And similarly, if you're a mom and you're a single mom and you have two kids, you are experiencing something on the human level, a way that your mind has grown into patterns. But your soul right now is not experiencing your human life the way your human self is experiencing your human life. And so we have the opportunity to rise up and live our life from the soul level while not doing a spiritual bypass. We're not bypassing the fact that you are in a vulnerable chapter of your life. You're in a vulnerable chapter. It's a messy chapter of your life. So this is the thing that I really am passionate about is how can we expand our consciousness so that you can be a container that can see, oh, my soul is not distracted by this human thing, quite the opposite. My soul has so much to contribute to my journey. So if you're in the middle of, well, I have to get diapers on my kid and out the door for preschool, I am saying accessing a place inside of us that we call the soul, the spirit, is the way to create an internal experience. It's so antithetical to what culture tells us. Culture tells us you cannot be in joy and be going through chronic illness at the same time. Culture has a vision for mothers that we are supposed to be surviving at best. Martyrs. Definitely martyrs and striving and martyring ourselves. So it's antithetical to the way that culture presents the vision of motherhood, that we would be actually thriving. Yes, our children need us, they're pulling on us. But to me, this paradigm shift is imperative because our children do need us. And because you are going through a chronic illness right now, you can't change that right now but you can absolutely move through this and a mother can absolutely shift the vision of what it means and looks like and feels like to be a mother right now and to decide that it is actually the best thing she can do for her child to thrive in the midst 
of whatever is going on. And that is what I'm so excited about week after week after week presenting in this podcast so that everyone listening will really learn that if Susan Lula can do it, anybody can do it because I have been on this journey and still am for sure. Yeah, beautiful. And I just want to acknowledge, I really think that this is a contribution and a distinction within spiritual psychology. You know, you and I have our master's in spiritual psychology from the same school, and we've both been on spiritual paths for a long time. And again, healing, learning lessons, what's the opportunity? That's all out there. But I get chills. I'm excited. I actually feel vibration in my body because as you know, I'm inherently a very joyful person, a fun person, a funny person, an optimist. So it's like, don't mess with my jam. I want to be thriving. I mean, equanimity is fine, but I want to have that experience of thriving. And I think so that you're, I think you're really introducing something new into the spiritual psychological frame broadly at this idea of inner thriving, not just acceptance. So I just wanted to underline and highlight that and, and thank you for that. Thank you. It has definitely been my journey and still is. Yeah. So the other thing that really strikes me about the name of this podcast, you know, you didn't just call it thrive or something else with the word thrive. You called it permission to thrive. And I'm very intrigued by that. And obviously there's something in your own journey that, that leads you to insert the word permission. And obviously you think that people out there need permission. So Tell us about that. What what led you to call it permission to thrive? Hmm. This has been such a huge part of my journey. So I grew up, as maybe some of you can relate, not feeling connected emotionally with my mom and yearning for that, desperate for that, wanting that. I wanted that emotional connection. I wanted her approval. And I lived the first half of my life seeking that approval from her Mm. and doing whatever I thought it would take to, quote, get that approval, get that connection. And as you know, I lived my early life. I was a pianist and very competitive because that was the vision that she had for my life. I happened to be very good at it. And so I thought that if I was just that next best pianist and could win that next competition and get that next master's and do all the things, then I would receive that which I was so desperately looking for from her. And it really took me something, which is why I really consider this such a courageous path, but it took something for me anyway, to give myself permission to live my life in my own terms, true to my own spirit, my own soul, my own heart, my own vision, to live my own life, to give myself that permission, even if in the midst it looked different than the way she would like me to be living my life. It felt very disloyal at first. And I really admire my mom and really put her on a pedestal. She's an incredibly accomplished woman and amazingly so. And so I both idolized her and 
didn't realize it at the time, but self-abandoned my own life, my own inner being, and I was living the life that she wanted me to live, abandoning my own life. So this word permission has been such an important word for me because I needed to unlock and give myself permission to live my life in my own terms, follow my own heart, even if I didn't receive that which I so thought I needed. Obviously, I needed to learn to give that to myself. I was looking to her for my own sense of worth. I've had to learn to give that to myself. And why I believe it may be relevant to any of you listening is because as women, as mothers, as individuals who are all indoctrinated into a culture, be it from your own family of origin, I know you too come from a very high achieving family. Achieving was very important and ingrained in both of our lives. But maybe in in someone listening, maybe it hasn't been in your family of origin that you got the indoctrination, but culturally, we are all indoctrinated to live according to cultural values, which say how your child behaves is a reflection of your worth, how much is in your bank account, what zip code you live in, what is the square footage of your home, are you married, are you not married? There are all these external markers that that are supposed to show you whether you can value yourself or have a sense of worth. And so I believe this word permission is an imperative word to put into our culture because what I found is that when I talk to women, friends, clients, we all want the same thing. We we have this one precious life and it's finite, you know. We have this one shot at it and I know that we we want to live that rich, full, luminous life and what, when I speak to clients, what I know is that we are all seeking that permission, be it from other women, be it from a podcast like this, be it internally to give ourselves permission to live the life that we came here. And I believe your soul will not rest until you do that. We suffer until we're in alignment, right? And so I, I just believe this word permission is we're all looking for it. Beautiful. And in your answer, I'm hearing kind of two two prongs to this because the side of it that you just express about really, as I word it in my language and my coaching practice, following your inner calling, that piece was easy for me to break away just and follow that. That's always been easy, but that's one half of it. And that's not easy for a lot of people. And that's really important. And that's one whole prong. And then the second prong I'm hearing you say is you, you can thrive no matter where you are, what circumstance that you can't change. So it's like, follow your inner voice, have that internal compass, and that's thriving internally. And if you're in a situation where you're divorced and and you're a single mom and you're holding down a job and you're telling yourself, I can't possibly thrive in this, there's still an opportunity to thrive. So I'm seeing that there's sort of a lot of dimensionality to this idea. Yeah, and I'm saying that not only is it possible, it's imperative. Imperative. If you are a single mom and you have these kids, what I know is that we women, we mothers, we want the most for our own life, for our children. And so it is imperative 
that we put our oxygen mask on first, give from our overflow, it's a key. But I'll give you a couple of real examples from my own life, making this more specific for individuals. So for instance, it was important to us when we were raising Will, we didn't give him a lot of media and screen time. That was a choice we were making. Now, in the specifics of a day, day in and day out with a kid who of course wants media, how to navigate that, how to thrive both inside of my own self in our family when we're making certain choices and decisions around the way our value system and our son and us as parents are still living in the world that has very different cultural messages and values. So how to do that, how to thrive, when I was hearing from Will, why can't I have a phone? Every one of my friends has a phone. I'm the only one. So I use that as an example, first of all, because it's real. I, I hope that others may be able to relate. But what happened for me was when I became true to the values and the ways that I wanted to raise Will, when it bumped up against the cultural norms, I needed to take some courageous actions. I needed to shift some things in my own world in order to be in alignment with those values, right? So part of what that looked like for me, for instance, was if Will was having a play date, I would call another mom whose child was coming over. And sometimes this was really challenging for me because if I perceived that that mom was, you know, she was just a bigger presence than me, I could feel intimidated. I could feel threatened. I could feel like it was very vulnerable for me to be calling this person who I barely know and ask, what do you guys do with media on play dates? And how do you handle that? Because honestly, I'm going to get a little vulnerable here, but we don't do that. And yet I, I want to create a great thriving play date for our kids. So it took vulnerability. It took courage for me to make some uncomfortable phone calls. I needed to grow in that area. I needed to stretch in that area. And what I found every single time was that I was met on the other side of the phone from that mom saying, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful you're asking this question because I hate play dates because all they want to do is sit in front of the screen. And so what I found, and it's part of why I'm so passionate about this is because I know that women and mothers and all of us are looking for lifelines. We're looking for that other person to perhaps be the first one, or maybe we're looking for the courage inside of ourselves to be the first one in our own orbit, in our own community of parents. It was not always easy for me at all, but I was always met with, oh my gosh, we're over here at our house wondering the same darn thing. And it created more intimacy. It created more connection for me. And so this is part of what I hope to bring in this podcast is giving us permission to be the first one in your circle, or maybe hear a story about a client who's going to come on and go, oh, wow, if she can do it, that's an area I'd like to do it. And hopefully these real live stories and examples will be helpful. Beautiful. So I'm hearing both courage and vulnerability are key. So there's one more area that I just have got to have you speak about, because of all the transformation I've seen in your life, this is by far the most 
radical. I, I can't even, I, I, I can't capture it enough. And that's your relationship with Will, your son. And for people who didn't know you back then, who know the mother that you are now and have been for some years now, who know the relationship you have with your son, who have ever heard Will wax poetic about you, whoever may have heard about any of the extraordinary handwritten cards that this young man in college continues to write you this day. I mean, with just, it, it's profound. I mean, you have like a storybook relationship with your son. And when we go back into the, the early years, it was not that. It was contracted and it was controlled and it was frustrated that he wasn't cleaning his room and doing his homework and that he was whatever it was he was doing and preoccupied about what the teachers thought and very tight, very controlled and upset about his behavior. And to someone who is so relaxed, so accepting, so supportive of him, completely laughs at stuff that would have just driven you crazy years ago. I mean, I remember one day him coming home from school and getting on the trampoline for like an hour. We were sitting on the back porch and you were just like, Jules, Jules, help me, help me. He should be doing his homework. He's not doing his homework. Oh my God. And, and it's like, you are, it's like unrecognizable. And so I, I would love you to share with your listeners, how did that transformation, how did you start to thrive and really come from your own internal voice and not your mother's voice? with how you raised your son. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's such a big part of my life's journey, really. Where to begin? So first of all, it's very touching to me because you have known me for a long time. So you do know the woman that was sitting out on that patio. So the woman sitting out on that patio watching her son jump on the trampoline, faking it till I make it. Like, oh yeah, we're going out and you're going to jump on the trampoline this afternoon, you know, and then we'll do our homework. <laughs> and under my breath, I'm like, Jules, Jules, he's been out here for 25 minutes. He's, he has math homework and English homework and probably science. And so, so this inner alignment that I have found has, has been a journey. And, and I think it's one of the main reasons I want to do this podcast, because if I could make this journey, anyone could make this journey. Anyone can do this because I have radically, dramatically, the cells of my body are different. And what you're saying is accurate. When Will was young, I was still living under the indoctrination of being achievement oriented and what the teachers thought of me and how we presented ourselves as a family and his behavior in a class and what that would then mean about me as a mother and wanting to make sure he did well because at the end of the day, that was a reflection on how I was gonna feel about myself. And I was definitely living under that indoctrination. And I think what was so painful for me, utterly painful, and I, I often use the distinction between something that's uncomfortable, mm. something that is painful, and then there's suffering. Right. And I was 1000% suffering. And I'll tell you why. Because I knew that I was living under this painful indoctrination, which was uncomfortable. I knew it and I couldn't change it. And because I knew it and I felt so trapped in it and I didn't know how to get out of it, even though this is my profession, 
and I could help the mom next door and I could radically help that person and have, I wasn't able to break out of it because of that cord with my mom. And so what assisted me were A, people like you, Chelsea, my dear, dear, dearest of friends, has been a, just a lifeline of which I could never describe and, and express my gratitude and appreciation. And my husband, oh my gosh, oh my God, my freaking husband is the most supportive and my sister at the time. Because these lifelines for a mother to be honest enough to help us untangle that is just crucial. That's why I want to do this podcast. So mothers have a lifeline to do the freaking hard work to not pass down these generational patterns that we know we're doing. You are my lifelines. So Dr. Shafali, who I'm getting ready to talk about in a second, in her quote of me, she says that I am a lifeline to mothers everywhere. And that sentence means the world to me because I know what it's like to be a mom and to feel so lonely and like I was failing my son. And I was failing him. And I'm not saying that with self-judgment. I was failing him. I was passing on generational patterns. I was in the midst of doing that and I knew I was doing it, which made me suffer. And so people like you, first of all, I got to breathe that I could call. You really were a big part of helping me untangle so that the mother that's always been in there, there's a mother that's always been inside of every mother out there. There's a mother in there. We just have to give her the oxygen to fan that flame. And then I met Dr. Shafali. She has been another very significant individual in my life. I saw her on Oprah and she was the first person that I ever heard out loud in public say in public the conversations that we were having in private and that I was sharing with my clients and able to do with my clients and consequently connected with her. And we're dear, dear friends. And we run Luminous, an online woman's community together. We're friends, business partners. But what she did for me, I will always be indebted to her, is when I would talk to her about Will, she told me, I remember her saying, oh my gosh, he's such a sensitive soul. And I remember the day she said that to me, I said, oh, no, he's not sensitive. Like the teachers are calling him this, that, and the other thing. And my son is very private, so I just don't want to give too much details. I, I want to respect and honor because this is really about my journey. But all of you and Dr. Shafali were able to see my child. I wasn't able to see my child that was right in front of me because I had the blinders of my mother. And in taking off these blinders and the willingness to take off these blinders, and I'm telling you, it's the most courageous path I've ever, ever, ever done because little by little by little, I needed to shed and allow him to show up at school the way he needed to show up at school and to follow the passions that he has. And now he's just this amazing filmmaker and he's just, he's just the most incredible kid, young man. And what I want to say is I almost missed it. Mm. I almost missed my own son. Wow. I almost missed him. Mm. So I'm so grateful for other women. I feel like I'm repeating myself now, but how I did it 
was the courage to shed inside of myself looking to someone else's approval of me and to have the courage to be the mother that I am meant to be with him yeah. moment by moment, choice by choice, grade by grade. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I mean, it's, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary transformation really. And he is a sensitive, creative one in a million kid. Mm-hmm. And I, he just, he is. As are all of our kids. And that's what I want to say is, thank goodness I did the inner work to have me not miss the journey with my own son. I almost missed him. And and as I said earlier, when I do something, I'm going to hit it out of the park. So I was not going to miss it because I did not want to miss that journey. And I know if there's any other mom listening, I know that no mom wants to miss that journey. Yeah, Yeah. and that fierce determination, that fierce intention, that fierce commitment is part of the transformation. And you didn't let go of that as you were in this inward journey of thriving. And and, and it makes all the difference. So as we come to a close, you talk about the inner work, you talk about the shedding. People who are listening, who are inspired, who are like, I want what she's having. (laughs) What do you have to offer to people? How can they work with you? What can they do to learn this inner work, experience this inner work from you with you so that they too can shed these voices and constructs that are both societal and intergenerational? I, I'm a girl that likes to dive into the deep end. I love these conversations. I love anything rich, sensitive like this. Individuals can come back and let's have these conversations week after week so that wherever you are on your journey, and I know I have felt so alone on my journey, and to have the experience that you are not alone, and that there are like-minded, like-hearted women, mothers, individuals who all want the same thing. We all want to thrive. We all want to have that inner peace so that we can live this fulfilled, relaxed, connected. Connection is one of those big, juicy qualities for me to feel connected to you, Jules, to feel connected to my husband, my son, and to all of you so that whether you're in Ohio or South Africa or Venezuela or wherever you are to know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. because I know that all of us want the same thing, to feel that our life means something, has meaning, that we are connected in deep ways to ourselves and each other. So I say, first of all, just come back, listen and re-listen, hear something new, come back over and over and over again. My website and all that will be in the show notes. I That's why I offer a lot of free resources. I have a course called Learning the Language of Self-Compassion because we don't hear that language. It's a language to become fluent in. So these are the avenues and the pathways and the conversations and the vulnerability and the raw that we're going to be having. And I say, just immerse yourself in a community. That's why I call it soul care. In a world that can feel so lacking in soul, it is to allow our soul, our heart to be the leader of our life. Beautiful. Well, I hope people come back for these conversations. I hope they check out your website, whether it's becoming a 
one-on-one client or taking one of your classes or your coaching group or your incredible book, The Motherhood Evolution, and interesting that all those years ago, how thriving mothers raise thriving children. That's an incredible resource, and I can't recommend that enough to people. So yay, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for everybody who's going to be listening to this, and may they all thrive on. Yeah, thrive on. (laughs) love you Jules thank you so much for doing this it was super fun absolutely my pleasure so much love everyone you're not alone thrive on I hope this conversation leaves you knowing that if I can thrive you can shine in your life as well and if there was something you found meaningful I hope that you will subscribe and write a review five star I hope and I will email you a free video that I created for you called Permission to Thrive with some practices and guided processes to assist you to thrive in every area of your life. Just email podcast at suzylula.com with the word done when you subscribe and leave a review because subscribing and writing a review assists us to reach more people and spread the message of thriving to more people around the globe. Thank you for listening, much love, and give yourself permission to thrive this week. Thank you so much for listening. If there was something in this conversation that spoke to you, we'd so appreciate it if you would take the time to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share this episode with women and mothers you know because you are here to thrive. See you next time.